In consequence of those orders, several of the officers of inferior rank and some of the servants were sent to the frigate appointed to guard us. In the afternoon, Sir Richard and Lady Strachan, accompanied by Mrs. Maitland, came alongside the ship. Bonaparte was walking the deck, and when I told him my wife was in the boat, he went to the gangway, pulled off his hat, and asked her if she would not come up and visit him. She shook her head, and I informed him that my orders were so positive that I could not even allow her to come on board. He answered, C'est dur ça. That's very hard. And addressing himself to her, My lord Keith, est un peu trop sévère, n'est-ce pas, madame? Lord Keith is a little too severe, is he not, madame? He then said to me, Ma foi, son portrait ne le flatte pas, elle est encore plus jolie que lui. I assure you, her portrait is not flattering. She's handsomer than it is. I told him Sir Richard Strachan was in the boat with her and that he was second in command at the Channel Fleet. He bowed to him and said, He appears very young man to hold so high rank. There were this day a great many boats around the ship full of people, among which were a number of well-dressed females. He expressed himself in strong terms of admiration of the beauty of the English women and was desirous of knowing which were the ladies. They dumb come you full, as he termed it, as they were so well-dressed that he could not distinguish them. In the evening, a letter was sent to me by Lord Keith, of which I subjoin an extract from the representation you've made to me of the dissatisfaction expressed by Bonaparte on observing by the newspapers and he was to be sent to St. Helena, it will be necessary that you redouble your vigilance to prevent his escape and you are therefore to station double sentinels and resort to every other means that may be necessary for frustrating any such intention. On the 28th of July, Lord Keith came on board between 11 and 12 o'clock and was shown by me into the cabin where Count Petron introduced him to Bonaparte. I immediately withdrew and cannot therefore state what passed between them, but Lord Keith afterwards informed me that Bonaparte had been very anxious to know whether the government had come to any determination with regard to his disposal, of which his lordship professed total ignorance. After Lord Keith came out of the cabin, he remained some time with Bonaparte's suite, who were collected in the stateroom. Madame Bertrand drew him aside and entered into conversation with him, saying what she had repeated to me a hundred times, that it would be the height of injustice to send them to St. Helena, and endeavoring to persuade him to interfere in preventing her husband at least from going, should Napoleon be sent there. During the whole of the 29th of July, it rained incessantly, and nothing worth relating took place. The Frenchmen were deprived of the usual amusement of admiring the ladies and being admired in return, not a boat having made its appearance. They often remarked with the characteristic vivacity of their nation that they were placed in a situation of tantalus, so many beauties in view without the possibility of approaching them. On Sunday, the 30th of July, the crowd of boats was greater than I ever remember to have seen at one time. I'm certain I speak within bounds when I state that upwards of a thousand were collected round the ship, of each of which, on an average, there were not fewer than eight people. The crush was so great as to render it quite impossible for the god boats to keep them off, though a boat belonging to one of the frigates made use of very violent means to effect it, frequently running against small boats containing women with such forces nearly to upset them and alarming the ladies extremely. The French officers were very indignant at such rude proceedings, saying, Is this your English liberty? Were such a thing to happen in France, the men would rise with one accord and throw that officer and his crew overboard. <laughs>